0: Episode number 57 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. This is Kevin. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our last episode that came out on Tuesday. Where we talked about Sturgill Simpson and Sylvan Esso. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend it. It was fun to do and fun to listen to. Uh, but if you really just, that's not your thing, at least check out those albums. They are two of my favorite of this year so far. But right now, we have an interview with indie artist Casey Dienel, who I hope I pronounced your name right, uh, who goes by the name White Hinterland. Uh, for the rest of the years A few weeks ago she stopped by the Rock and Roll Hotel Here in D.C. in support of her latest album Baby, which came out earlier this year uh, So Andre took the opportunity to headed down to meet her up on the roof deck there uh, To chat about that album Her history with music And like her extensive training And a whole bunch of other good stuff So that's all you need to know from me And now here is Andre talking With uh, White Hinterland at the Rock and Roll Hotel In Washington D.C.
1: It happens here! And it finishes here! Two men enter! One man
0: leave! Nearly two-word review just a
2: shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and not
0: That right there
2: is a logical power.
1: Yeah, we grew up in Situate, Mass. Okay. I don't know if you've ever been up I've to that part. I've never been to
2: Massachusetts. What? Yeah, yeah, I know. You got to. I know. It's
1: one of the best. It's, like, <laughs> it's the heart of New England. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what, uh, what do you enjoy so much about it?
1: It's beautiful. Yeah. Like, the landscape is... You have the coast on the east and the mountains, the Berkshires in the west, and you have, like, tons of, like, estuaries and woods and... Yeah, it's just really gorgeous. Yeah, I know New England is really gorgeous, like Vermont and New Hampshire.
2: Sure. Too. That whole region. Yeah. Does that play into any of the music that you're writing?
1: Probably. I I like to spend a lot of time outdoors. And yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I spend a lot of time, especially when I'm recording like any free time I have I usually spend either like going hiking or running or kayaking and stuff like that yeah it's nice to have like I think like I was just talking to my friend who's on tour with me about he's really outdoorsy person too and you're in the car all day passing like these beautiful landscapes like (laughs) South Carolina flying by North Carolina Georgia and you're it just to someone like me wants to just run around barefoot in the woods most of the time yeah, it, yeah. it starts looks,
2: to become like it's almost like a TV screen that you're watching like yeah. oh, amazing yeah. carrot
1: that you'll never ever yeah,
2: yeah.
1: I think we passed I was like Lake Hartwell Is that the name was in South Carolina it's like when you cross the border between Georgia and South Carolina and it's just so beautiful, there were all these, like, motorboats, like, running around, and, like, people, like, canoeing, and yeah. perfect day like this, and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm... But I'm a vampire right now, so I, I come alive you're, at night.
2: You're but. coming, yeah, you're living the uh, opposite schedule now. Yeah. So you've been on tour for a little while? Just
1: or? a little... This... Basically, like, a month now, and I have a long... A long ways to go still. A but long ways
2: to go, okay. It's yeah. going all right so far? It's
1: really great. Yeah? I, I took, like, two years off from touring, and so okay. it's just makes you appreciate it in a way. I think sometimes you can fall into a really nasty habit of complaining about tour. Sure. You'll be...
2: <laughs> what were some of the... Was there, like, some reasoning why you are like, ah, oh, I need to take a little break, maybe just kind of recompose here?
1: I guess so. It was, like, a combination of, like... Being, work had just dried up because I took a lot of time off to work on some life stuff and then by the time that I really wanted to get back into touring it was sort of clear that I would have to make another record to do that and so I was pretty broke at that point and just was like okay well if that's what I want to do I gotta figure out a way and I built a studio in my parents house and oh, nice. that's where I made this record and yeah when, when there's a will, there's a way.
2: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: definitely from that school.
2: Well, sometimes you have to let the field go a little fallow before it kind of can regrow, you know, and kind of blossom. Yeah. Maybe maybe kind of go in a different direction. Do you think you, the music that you're making now is kind of moving in a little bit of a different direction?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, not to to my own horn, but I think it's no. all the better for it. Like, sure. I, th- I think... Um, I think just the way that my sister and I were raised, it's like, shit happens, you take it on the chin, it's, sometimes stuff that's awful is a really big opportunity to grow and, and, and cast off stuff that's not working anymore. I mean, there were definitely a lot of like, bad habits that I had from, you know, even before I went to school for music, like even before then, just bad practice studies that had stuck around, and I think the, the classic, like, I don't know if I believe in it, but Saturn return stuff where all of your bad habits just come up on your doorstep all at once and you're uh-huh. like... Yeah. Yeah, I gotta... <laughs> I gotta shift this paradigm yeah, a little be, bit. Yeah,
2: uh, I gotta be conscious of this and yeah. get a little cognitive of, okay, here, like, you're yeah. conscious of this was happening and it's like, okay, I need to... I need to take a step in some direction to kind of cross, move forward here. Yeah. And
1: and so. And having to, like really really self-discipline but, but but the way to do it like you have to do it joyfully which sounds so sure, counterintuitive
0: sure.
1: <laughs> that yeah. you know you have to find the happy place to rehearse from nine to nine every day for three months like I did or, or yeah. record for a whole year where you know past that time a lot of what I was making maybe wasn't selling in the in the sense that I would have expected it to yeah. in the past and just like sticking with it and pushing yourself and I think I had some bad habits where I could really afford to be lazy like not really practice I, th- uh-huh. I think I thought I was I enough but probably not
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I think too there's like a thing where you have, whenever you have like a natural inclination towards something you can lean too heavily on that and then start thinking like um take it for granted like you don't think you need to work on it. It's The music muscle, you have to constantly, like, sure. massage it and nurture
2: it. And sure. But you went to school for music, correct? Yeah. You, you've been playing music for a long time. Yeah. And so maybe and some of that is a byproduct. You think some of that is just a byproduct of that or?
1: Definitely. I mean, I think, you know, when you learn what you can get away with in school and then uh, you keep yeah. that going, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, I'm the cleverest person in the room. And then, but, you know, that that's kind of cute when you're 19 and then 10 years later it's like sure. cut your shit just, yeah. just go shed and come back when you're ready Like, come back when you have something to show the world and and, and, and don't rush it I mean I think I think there's also a music business it's it's, yeah. it's hard to resist that urge to become super enterprising and forget about the artistry of it and that's and I I really do genuinely believe as corny as it might sound that like without the artistry part, like, there's just no point, and it's, it's so much, you don't get paid very much, and, yeah, there are other things that you could do, I think, to make a good living, to make
2: a happy life, yeah. yeah, so if
1: you, if you're not in it, to, you know, try to make something that you're passionate about, I don't, I don't know. Sure.
2: What are some of the things that you go to to sort of motivate yourself to say, oh, or even maybe some of the things on this, this latest album, mm-hmm. baby. some of the things that you went to to say, this, Where did you go to find your inspiration to kind of build these new songs? Say, kind of focus on what you were saying.
1: Good question. Um, A lot of it with cinema. Like I I love. As much I love music, but when I'm not working, I tend to really, really relish silence or ambient noise. Yeah. (laughs) And like I'm the weirdo. Like I can go on a car trip and not have music in the car, and that's kind of like. For just me.
2: listen to the hum of the wind going by and the, mm-hmm. the, the engine running. I love yeah. It. Yeah.
1: And I'm like yeah. a really bad eavesdropper, so uh. I, I like I like natural noise. Um, but I think when I want to, I like when I'm hungry for inspiration. I usually almost always go to the movies, or I'll just binge watch like sure. a bunch of. Everything from, like, really... Cr- I love junk TV. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I like reality shows. Oh, yeah. I
1: love me some Real Housewives of Atlanta. And yeah. I love... Um, flipping Out. It's like this show where... This guy is just, like, total type-A control freak. Yeah. and he's, he's just a nightmare boss. Yeah. I just... I don't know. Something about it I find really funny. But then I'll do that. And then I'll go and watch, like, all these, like, Kimido Shindo Japanese films yeah. for, you know... Interesting
2: you think so, it distracts tylo. a part of your brain for a moment? Just,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm, of, I'm like, I haven't heard many people say, yeah, reality television really inspires me to make the music. I mean, <laughs> I'm well, just,
1: I, I think it's think just it like the most ultimate, yeah. it's the most ultimate Aristotelian drama is yeah. reality te- television. Sure. And like, <laughs> I think, I think a lot of the subject matter of my songs is you know human to human interaction. And so yeah. there's something I like about the, The chaos of Kardashian TV, and we're just so human. Like you, we all want attention, and we all want to be loved, and we all want to, you know, be admired. And there's just something about like stuff like that that I just, and I, and not like in a, I don't mean it like in a disparaging way either. Like there's part of me that's like, yeah, Kardashians, do your thing. Make an art of just living. Like, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Shopping is yeah, an art. Yeah, yeah. You're exactly, yeah. And I mean yeah. I, I think I can I need a healthy balance. I'm, I'm the same about everything. Like yeah. I love I love cities but I also just sometimes wanna be in the woods and not talk to anyone for weeks sure, or sure. I I love buffalo wings and then sometimes yeah. I want a goddamn kale salad and then yeah. cut a bitch until I get one like, you know, yeah, just, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: just, you know yeah. I think I don't really believe in like snobbery or even like guilty pleasures like I just I just like yeah, It's just life. whatever
2: it's just life yeah
1: and uh, but especially I love like Andre Tarkovsky movies I, I was really obsessed with nostalgia for a while okay. hey hey hey
2: Oh I'm Jeremy. How's it going, Jeremy? Um, nice to meet you. Let me go check
1: the table. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah I like. I love photographs. I love William Eggleston. I'm really obsessed with. Um, I'm not a good visual artist, but okay. I have a lot of ideas about design and sure. photography in particular. And so I think sometimes I'll spend time admiring what other people can do, yeah. um, but it's definitely not my real house. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. I think I, I think I sold, like, one painting I made yeah, of ballet yeah. shoes or something in yeah, eighth grade exactly. to my gym teacher. Yeah. <laughs> um, well,
0: reality
2: television, you know, really works off of people interacting with each other. Yeah. The interaction between people, but you kind of, you, you're going for a one-woman show. Yes. And... Was there a reason of why you decided, I'm just going to go on my own on this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, rather than finding other people to kind of bounce I'd work off of? and.
1: Well, White Hand Terrell is not a democracy. Like, it, it just never has been. And I, I, I think I, I love the communication between musicians, but for whatever reason with this project, it's always felt more natural to just do as much on my own as possible. Um, and I think I, I get it's not just like about control like I take a lot of pleasure in every aspect whether it's project, production and engineering songwriting, arranging and I choose my collaborators really carefully and I've been really lucky actually like everyone that I've worked with, I did uh, horn arrangements with this guy in Green who worked on like Beyonce records and he's just like, the most ideal collaborator, like, really takes into account the tapestry of my writing and yeah. it not just, like, superimposing a bunch of his ideas on things. It's, sure. It's, uh, he's contextualizing everything that's already there and kind of amplifying it. And yeah. it, it feels like a more natural
2: more natural sounding yeah, board rather than just tunes. saying, oh, I think you should add another layer yeah. of this on top of that. It's, yeah. it's more of a, you process it a little bit. Yeah.
1: But in terms of like performing live, yeah. being a solo performer is super interactive like because the whole audience becomes your band and there's, sure. something, there's something about it I really love. Like when you have a band, there's an expectation to have this wall of sound, but when you see one person in front of you, it's like, you don't know, and and you kind of all have to jump into the pool of chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're using, you know, I don't use pre-recorded tracks. I just loop everything. Yeah. So I, it's, it makes it harder for myself, but the chaos, I think, is part of what makes me, pushes me to like want to perform um, at a higher level than maybe I would if I just took it easy, you know.
2: Yeah. But it, I think. I was watching you at the sound check there, and there are a lot of things that you, you have to manipulate to make a song happen. (laughs)
0: It's like the classic,
2: you know, one man band with the guy with the drum on his back, you know, know, walking down the street, you know. (laughs) Yeah, and I I can't wear shoes.
1: I can't wear shoes because I'm literally using my toes as triggers because some of the buttons are so small that my (laughs) my feet can't. can't get it, so I have to wear no shoes, which drives sound people crazy. Sure. Um, or like if there's like a roadhouse type broken glass show oh, the night before. Yeah, I yeah. Luckily, I haven't had any big accidents, but yeah. you know, it just. I think there's something. I mean, it's also pragmatic too. Like, I at this stage in my career, like I I can't afford the band that I want in my sure. head. So, finding a way to like reconcile that without sacrificing the joy of playing and the creative part of arranging, which is yeah. like such a huge part of songwriting to me. Um, I, I never want to be somebody who's like, oh, I can't afford it, so I can't do it. I always want to have a way to kick the door open. Yeah. And I think I've been that way as, since I was a kid. Just like. I want to be in a play, but no one will cast me. I'm going to oh, yeah, write a play. and
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> And uh, luckily for me, like, everyone that I've worked with is, like, pretty on board with it. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes I'll come in, I'm like, I'm going to learn how to, like, produce records like like Timbaland and Rick Rubin uh-huh. in two years. And they're just like, that's not going to happen. No. And, you know, whether you fall short or anything, I think it's more interesting, at least to at least try to, like, reach for something. Sure. And then that's kind of how you, like, end up in the really interesting place where yeah. you're like, I can't believe I did this. I, I mean, no one knows less about where I'm headed than me. I, don't, I, don't yeah. never, I never know what's coming next, and I just try to, like, stay as present as... as especially in, in touring, that's, like, yeah. pretty essential because every day you're given, like, a set of variables that that could be really unpleasant if you didn't wrap your head around it to, you know, just enjoy, like, I don't know. Just
2: live in the moment,
0: in a sense, yeah. Yeah, And it's,
1: I mean, it's some namaste stuff, I know, but, like, it's, it's completely true, and I think I've run into a lot of musicians, and I don't blame them. It's a really hard business, but, you know, there's excuses to me, like, of why you can't do something the way you want. It's like, if you really, really want to, like, I love recording and I love making records and every time that I'd want to do that I'd have to spend like five grand, that's unacceptable, like, you should you should be able to, like, figure out a way to make it work, like the Tim Gunn
0: <laughs> school exactly, of yeah. music, right? It's,
1: you know, I come from a place where, like, a lot of people uh, don't have that much and yeah. they they're still creative they work with what they got. They don't yeah. complain about it, and yeah. and uh.
2: The current method doesn't work for you. Create your own method. Yeah. In a sense, yeah. And, and don't honestly, be afraid like, to fail, yeah.
1: And honestly, like no one knows. No one knows yeah. the right way. Like no. I, you'll go. I've been into so many studios where I thought, you know, I'd be the only girl or something, and I'd run it. I thought everyone there knew more than me, but yeah. like only relatively, they know, they know their way around for themselves and for what their experience is, but it doesn't, like, negate your your perspective. And sometimes, like, it's scary to be the person with the vision because you almost always look a little bit, you know, it's a little crazy to be like, yeah, yeah. I don't have experience <laughs> in this, but I'm so, suddenly yeah. an expert on, I have you know, an
2: idea of what how some
1: compression do. should work. And you it have to is, just, like,
0: okay, yeah,
1: <laughs> you have to be a little... A little bit overconfident or like I have some bravado I think to get (laughs) I don't know where it comes from because I have a lot of it but I don't think I do but then it comes out and then I'm like oh god I was kind of bossy back there
2: Were there some new things that you experimented with and tried to learn about for this album? Totally. Yeah, especially, like you said, the looping technology. Is that something yeah. that you started really bringing in?
1: Well, about four years ago, I started using a loop pedal, and I used, like, Boss RC2 and RC20, and which I still use RC20. Okay. Um, and they're great. I think for vocals, I'm most happy with all the Helicon series just because they're the only pedal company. Not This isn't like a product endorsement but like they're they, they are the only company that are geared towards singing and I think
0: okay.
1: I think when you're capturing live loops the problem is that it can kind of crunch everything so the bit rate just starts to like stack oh, up and then okay. you have this like
2: oh,
0: yeah.
1: and, and sometimes it's cool that can be a cool texture but I think over the course of an entire set or an entire record is, yeah. is like it just sounds too lo-fi to sure, me sure. um And then, but one thing I didn't do before recently was start looping the keyboard, Um, and that's been really fun, because then I can have, like, bass lines, and I can have, like, a lead part, and Mm -hmm. do comping, whatever else. And it's super, super fun, and it's a harrowing practice, like, rehearsal process.
2: I was going to ask, that was like going to be my next question, because I'm like, to learn how to do that and then come and have to do it live. Yeah. To so basically recreate the song that you probably sat there and manipulated for many, many hours in your house. Or, yeah. Or, you know, just trying to figure it out. Then to sit down and have to recreate that. I mean, is that quite a daunting process?
1: Yeah, it takes... I mean, the first two months of it, I, there was no music. It was just noise. Yeah. And not, like, cool noise. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then it, you know, then it kind of, around month three of sticking with it pretty regularly, oh, yeah. it started to come together. I had to do a few shows where, yeah. you know, you're just tripping over yourself. You and sure? That I, I think for me, yeah. yeah, I think I'm a preternatural perfectionist, and for me, like, messing up in front of people is not, it's not something, it's something I've had to learn to, like, enjoy doing yeah. or embrace doing <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I enjoy it but but also like looping is chaos and again you, I think that's kind of yeah. the key to good music uh, is you practice as much as you can but then you're on the parade and the flow system just going exactly. you, gotta, you gotta make it work and no no apologies. People don't need to see that. Yeah. Um, if the
2: train's going off the tracks in a live show, you just go with it. Yeah. And you just say, oh, that's how it was supposed to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, that's the live
2: version of the song, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and, like, all the cues and stuff that you have to hit. I mean... Sure. I I still am, like, I can't believe I learned these songs. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, if there are a few of them yeah. where I was, like, there's just no way. I mean, I recorded the songs... Um, not with loops, you know. I just I just did tracking, and okay. so there's some songs where there's 30 tracks of my voice, or um, or like yeah. six synth parts coming in and, in and out, and I have to figure out like how do you um, how do you choose like which is the lead or what is the yeah. most important part of the song, and kind of requires you to like think about it in a way that when you're the one when you're like the mom making it you. You would never pick out your children and be like, That's my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this but child has good qualities but yes. a lot of them are really not necessary yeah. and we're gonna just ignore them <laughs> for the duration of this tour cycle.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just a weird
2: Did you reformat or think about restructuring some of the songs just for the live yeah. show? Just because of that, you know, complexity there?
1: Some of it, but I also think the the tricky parts are usually The the most like fun to listen to, and again, I was like, I have to find a way. Yeah. (laughs) I just just don't like. I never say die. I can't. I can't let stuff. If I hear the word no, I'm like, okay, and even if it's from myself, and I think sometimes I'm the biggest naysayer when it comes to my working process, I'll be very sure. self critical and then learning to like quiet your judgment when you're spilling out, you know, stuff that kinda sounds like garbage for a long time and you know, I record my practices and I listen back and then yeah. I'm like, Oh my god yeah. I Nobody mean, <laughs> the world will ever hear this. Yeah.
2: But
1: then it yeah. it all makes you
2: it's part of the deluxe edition of the album, right? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs>
1: And I mean, all the songs... I wrote so many songs for it, and...
2: Um, so you had a whole set of songs to choose from? Yeah, like a to, and, cadre
1: of, like, 40 or okay, 45, wow. and I... And, you know, like, I, I think some of them got kind of Frankenstein together, like, okay. take, take good B section, put that with the killer A... Sure. ...kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a technical term. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah. you just, like... Yeah, I was just just kind of rolling with it that way, and then, um...
2: But that process, it sounds like, is a little new. Yeah. Is that a... That's a, it, that's a
1: self-production benefit. Okay, yeah. Is, because if I had been in the studio, I mean, I would have yeah, just been like... Just oh, okay, time is money, exactly. and time is ticking, and...
2: And was that how it was in the past for your previous albums, that you were kind of like...
1: Not on the scale that I'm sure a lot of other musicians my senior have had to deal with it but to someone like me like even if you're doing a flat rate of a thousand a week in a studio it's it's just who can make who can make a great (laughs) record in four weeks who's that person who's that person that's not like a punk rocker like i just can't i can't fathom it i don't know if it's just because i'm getting older when i was 18 i remember I signed a record contract at twenty, and they were like three records, and I remember uh-huh. thinking like, oh, three records, yeah, yeah get yeah, that. I pump
2: this out this year. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> think
1: like, oh my god, it's gonna take you nine years to do that. You just never, yeah. you never know. And I think, I do think something kind of slows down, but also certain stuff crystallizes because you figure out what your voice is and what you sound like, and yeah. I, I think just because I'm such a weird autodidactic psycho, like I didn't know what Casey sounded like. I didn't know that. I just yeah. I would just kinda like blurt whatever came out, put that on tape. That's the record. Yeah. And um and some really cool things happen. There's some songs where I can hear like traces of like my teachers or my you know, my heroes or something and I feel like this with this one that I made it, it. I really didn't have much else in mind I just was like well let's roll tape and see what comes see what out what
2: happens just yeah. kind of let it a little free form mm-hmm. kind of the jazz mentality yeah yeah and just kind of what's, what I grew what up happen.
1: like playing and you know you okay.
2: know just so you grew up playing jazz yeah
1: yeah <laughs> badly <laughs> badly <laughs> I
2: mean
1: playing that's the thing piano or
2: in singing?
1: and mostly piano okay. and then like a little bit of singing sure um, I mean, singing I've always done, but I did it mostly privately for a really long time okay. because I just the idea of like performing in front of people used to be so terrifying oh, yeah. to me. I don't know why. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> now I I can't imagine like not doing that. Yeah. But um but it took me a long time I think to come into my voice. But actually my grandfather is a singer and he was saying like he didn't really come
2: into his voice till he was about 30. So. About 30. You really found, some people don't, you know, you find your voice. You, yeah. know, you experiment with a lot of different things and kind of all of a sudden you like, ooh, that kind of feels right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this is a pretty vocally demanding album. Yeah. I mean, all, all your work has been. So, but this one in this particular,
1: one, this one it's pretty
2: vocally demanding. I mean, Robin calls
1: it the Diva, yeah. diva record. Yeah. And I am a Diva, so it makes yeah. sense.
2: But it has some, you know, it has some diva pop elements to it, you know, was that, uh, were there some components of that type of music that you were...
1: I mean, definitely my ears skews towards pop and radio, and I I love, again, like we were saying, like, high-low, I want, I want to listen to Ariana Grande, but I also really love, you know, um, Sarah Vaughan, or, although she's Pop jazz, in my yeah. opinion, but a uh, better example, like I think,
0: I'm
2: but kind of contrasting, yeah. Like you said, I love because you have the jazz background, yeah. which you know you kind of get into. You get into obscure jazz artists, yeah. and then also you know the pop end of that, and kind of yeah. I
1: that. love art music, or you know stuff like Alice Coltrane, sure. Sarah Sanders. So I love. I love Charles Mingus. I mean, all that yeah. stuff. But I think I think my natural writing voice is, is very much um, in melody, like very rooted in melody. And, and any time that I've ever... In school, you know, I wrote more atonal pieces and stuff okay. and, and more like serial stuff. And it, it felt cool. It made me feel smart, but I don't know that it. I felt like soul connected to it, and I, I think I'm not really—not um, that I'm stupid. I'm not stupid, but I'm I'm just not an intellectually driven person. And like I'm I'm curious about a lot of things, sure. but I'm not interested in being the smartest person in the room. I would rather be the most entertaining person. In the room. Sure,
2: rather than getting yeah. into the nitty gritty and deconstructing, yeah. you know.
1: I think cleverness. I I feel like that a lot of that can come out from some insecurity and I do remember like a phase in my life where I would just talk without knowing what I was actually talking yeah. about <laughs> yeah. and I think as a musician yeah. you know it's, it's hard to not fall into that that gap because you your job is there's a lot of rejection there's a lot of ups and downs or, you know, bad habits like that can form. So. Sure. But I think at this point I'm like, I'm pretty cool listening to some Katy Perry on the radio yeah, exactly. saying, like, I like this and that G.C.J. verse is not so bad and yeah. she was so dope he got addicted. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I'm all right with that. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: Um, I think I've always liked that stuff too. I, I loved my Carey and Janet Jackson and music that like makes you want to dance but still it still taps into something human that it's not like yeah it's not just about like put your get your drink on or whatever although I like that too yeah you know, I love like I'm mean, especially all the hip-hop that I grew up listening to um, I I don't know I'd I think my ear just kind of skews that way and less, as I get older, less and less towards art music. Yeah. I, except when I'm off-duty, then yeah, I want like to, that's like all I want to listen to, but...
0: Sure.
1: Um, but radio is just so interesting to me right now. I, I was like listening to Lord and was just like, this sounds like K records to me. It sounds like early Mira or something or yeah. microphones. And I can't believe like this is like the number one record this in the is country what's
2: popular now. Yeah. It's
1: pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, it also makes me feel kind of old, but
0: yeah.
1: I <laughs> but I like I like seeing the way music is developing, especially like post internet. Sure. I really don't like when people, like, go on these big rants about how the internet is ruining music. It's like,
0: you know, spoken over Twitter on your iPhone. I mean, we are all, throughout history, all we do as humans is
1: just adapt to technology and whatever. I'm getting very meta. Yeah,
2: no, no, it's all right. But you... That technology gets infused back into the music. It's like think of the technology that you're using. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm so grateful never, for that it. That never existed. You know, that didn't as exist some years ago. You know, as a
1: woman, like I, the the agency that it gives you, like to go on YouTube and learn how to do anything. I mean, yeah. any any technical thing. I think. I think there's still a lot of avenues that just aren't open to people based on race or class or gender, and I think the internet is the great equalizer, and I wouldn't want to go back to a time where, like, I could only figure out how to work this one pedal by waiting for a, a zine to show up. I mean, sure. I loved zines in high school, and I still, yeah. I still really love and admire zine culture, but... But to see that like disseminated on like Gearsluts.com or Tape Up now is like digital. Like this shit is amazing. And to have all that at your fingertips if you were, if you were in any way like a curious and self-motivated person, the yeah. internet is your best friend.
2: Yeah, you can learn by yeah. doing. It's a little different than going to school and mm-hmm. sitting and learning about something and then mm-hmm. going to apply it. It's just like and I was just hey, not that kind it. of student. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how
1: you were in school, yeah. but I, I really was not. I wasn't good at processing things in any way except for like hands-on and um, I think some teachers probably thought I was kind of touched because (laughs) I just didn't follow rules very well. Um, I don't know what it was, but I I think the internet has been really great for people like me who learn a different way. Like to to just, I can, can I I can memorize things by watching someone do it like once
0: and that's
1: crazy and cool and with the internet you can just, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean that's how I learned how to program beats, that's how I learned to use the pedals, like yeah. it wasn't because my friends were doing it, I mean a lot of my friends are not musicians and a lot of them like are in social work or nonprofit. and yeah. when I talk to them about what I'm doing at my job they're just like that sounds like witchcraft, Yeah. It sounds, yeah. sounds like a cult.
2: Yeah. But yeah. Is it that time? So, yeah. Well, thank you for taking some time oh, to man, talk with us. I so appreciate it. I appreciate me. it. Yeah. And congratulations you. on the you know finishing the new album and thank you. you know coming out and playing some songs tonight for us. So I really appreciate it. Thank you, so thank much. you very much. Yeah. Very nice to meet you. Yeah. Thanks for talking as well.
0: so that was our uh, interview with White Hinterland. Uh, Andre said, actually stayed for the show and said it was a really good show, too. So I think if you, um, if you have the chance to see her out on tour right now, we'll put the tour dates up in the uh, show notes. Uh, I would highly recommend it. And her album is available. You can buy it or you can listen to it on uh, RDO or Spotify. We'll put that up there, too. So that is about it for this week's podcast. Uh, next week we're going to be I'm not sure what albums we're talking about yet Uh, it's either going to be Swans or just an entire Yacht Rock podcast remains to be seen Uh, but then I think we're trying to nail it down next Thursday we're going to have an interview with uh, friends Nikolai of Hold Steady Fame and um, actually of so much more so uh, tune in for that and we'll keep you updated on that and until then just uh, keep putting good stuff in your ears